0: We've been uh, going through a series um, talking about Jesus as the Son of God, and we've been going through specifically a passage in Colossians, um, and I want us to go ahead and look at chapter 1, verse 18. You know, one of the best questions and one of the most important questions you could ask yourself if you remember is, where do you stand with Jesus? Everybody has a stance with Jesus. If you say, I don't stand anywhere with Jesus, or I, I choose not to believe in Jesus, that's taking a stance, you know, with Jesus, even though you don't say so. That you're choosing not to believe, and that is your relationship with him at the moment. And so, it's a question that we all answer and we find ourselves in. And we've been looking through this passage at all the different ways that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is the key to relationship with God. And to our relationship in faith. And so, we've been going through this passage. If you remember, Pastor Carissa looked at this idea that Jesus is the head of the church. And now we look at the second part of this verse. And if you want to read with me in verse 18, this is what it would say. And He is the head of the body of the church. Now listen to this. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything... He might have the supremacy. Can you say amen with me to God's word? I want to ask you guys a question. Go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you have ever ever heard of the term resurrection? Some of you have. Most of you guys have. Maybe not. This is a passage that speaks specifically to rising from the dead. When it talks about the firstborn among the dead. Maybe you've never been in church or... Maybe you didn't know that one of the things about Jesus, maybe you've heard that Jesus lived an earthly life. Maybe you heard that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. But also, maybe you haven't really taken into to effect that Jesus three days later rose from the dead. That's why we celebrate Easter. That um, is a yearly celebration to remember. That's a, that's a celebration around the world that we recognize To this day, that was birthed out of the resurrection. Easter didn't happen before the resurrection. Amen? Easter is because of the resurrection. And when you talk about this term, everybody say it with me, resurrection. Resurrection is a reference to what was once dead is now made alive. And that it's not just something that faked its death, but it actually was dead and now is alive again. Resurrection and revival. Everybody say revival. Revival are two different things because reviving something is referring to something is returning to its old form. It's been given life in the same way again. But this is where it gets a lot different and a lot of misunderstanding can happen. See, resurrection is being made new At the same time that you're being made alive. See, some of us think when we think about resurrection, that you're going to be resurrected or Jesus would just be resurrected to a frail human form of himself. But when you look at resurrection in the Bible, it's a picture of being given a new body, a strong eternal that's not limited to this world and will die in the same way that your old body did. See, in the Old Testament, it's interesting, throughout the entire Bible, when it would talk about the Messiah coming, it actually prophesied and said that he is going to suffer and he's going to die for us, but he's also going to rise again for us. Jesus would even speak about his resurrection to his disciples. He'd look at them and he would say, you know what, a day's going to come where I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be murdered, but three days again, I'm going to rise. And the disciples would simply sit there and go, what? I don't understand what this means, up until Jesus actually did it. In fact, I think one of the best memories I've ever had in my entire life, I got the opportunity to go to Israel, amen? Not Israel the person, Israel the nation. I go to Israel the person weekly. So, um, And we got to tour a lot of the sites that we talk about in the Bible. How many of you someday want to visit the site where the empty tomb is? You know, it's still there to this day. I got the opportunity to do it. Um, It's actually uh, a little bit outside of Jerusalem. It is the site where the empty tomb is. Um, It's barred off, and so you can actually walk in and look within there. It was a pretty, pretty just amazing time. Uh, Angela, do you have that picture of it by chance? This is what it looks like, and so you would walk in. It's like gated off, and obviously there's a lot of security, but once you get in, it's um pretty peaceful in there and you can walk in you can look um at the place where jesus's body did lay obviously it's empty um and but but i want to tell you something about this this adventure that we went on because it was really weird amongst our party we were with um how many of have ever been on like a tour or a tour guide for a couple of weeks and you travel in the bus of like 30 to 60 people and it's fun um Sometimes people get a little bit tired and cranky when they're walking around all day and things like that. But once we got there, it was like everyone was happy. I can't explain it necessarily. There was just a piece about being in that place. In fact, it's funny because how many have ever heard a tour guide? in your life? to your left, we have the Baltic Sea, you know? And you're like, oh my word, only eight more hours of that going on. Now, you get a lot of tour guides that are throughout the nation of Israel that just speak to it. A lot of them grew up there, and they're like saying, well, this is a historic sign that points to the Bible. And you're like, great. So we get there, and the tour guide, his name is Tim. And there's no easy way to describe it. Tim was just a maniac. Um, That's the best way to describe it. I've never met someone just so ecstatic And so joyful, he just was smiling the whole time. His eyes were lit up the whole time as he talked about the empty tomb. He talked about the history of the place. In fact, at one point, you're just kind of sitting there in this little quiet garden. And he was like, he literally just screamed. And it's like, okay, um, you're cool. But isn't it funny that someone who lives... And works in the empty tomb would have that much joy. Isn't it interesting that someone who would look at that daily and know about that daily would be as happy and as joyful as he is? You know, one of the things that was really funny about visiting there and seeing that, you're excited, but all your problems, all your sadness, all your issues, you might say, it just pales when you're there you're like why am i worried about anything in life why am i even worried about what's going on in my life or what's going on with my friends or going on at home because the grave is empty there's no reason to be upset or anxious about anything see the resurrection of jesus is an interesting fact for this and this alone see it's not just information the resurrection of Jesus is a world-changing fact and truth that happened in the world. Amen? See, many of us listen to information. I believe we live in a day and age that hears information and we will even acknowledge it as correct, but we don't do anything about it. We will hear things, yeah, it's true, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Or you'll say, you know what, I'm going to do something, and then you just don't do it. We live in a day and age that just says stuff. To one another or we receive it or we hear it. It's championed by the people who lead our culture and it just it is we just say things that we don't necessarily even mean or even if they're true it doesn't really matter because people don't really care. But you want to know something interesting about the resurrection that's different. This is not information that you can just accept and go oh yeah it happened and then go back to acting exactly the way that you want to. Because if the resurrection is true, that demands something of a response that can change your entire life. It changed the world and is changing the world before us. The resurrection changes everything. You can't just say that, oh yeah, it's true, or it's not true, but yeah, I'm going to follow God. No, it's everything that there is when it comes to you and your life. Paul, one of the writers of the New Testament, would write about it. I want you to follow along with me. See, he was talking to a day and age, people who said, well, the resurrection doesn't really matter. And this is what he would say to them. He says, but if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, he goes, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And then this is what he says. If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ hasn't been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he didn't raise him from the dead, then if the dead are not raised, then Christ hasn't been raised either. And if Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep or passed away in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are of all people the most to be pitied in the entire world. He says, you say that Christ didn't raise from the dead or resurrection isn't real. Then Christ hasn't been raised from the dead. And if Christ isn't raised from the dead, then everything that Christ said isn't true. And if everything that Christ said isn't true, then we're just a bunch of idiots gathering together, believing in something that isn't true. And what he would say is that you're still in your sins. You're not forgiven if that's the case. How many of you know that's, that's a pretty serious thing to think about? Amen? The resurrection is serious business, and it's something that you have to consider for your lives. But now here's where it gets cool. It says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, and he's the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. And then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. Now listen to this. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. We will look at that in a second, but I want you to understand something. If our faith falls apart with the resurrection, which it should, how much would it come together and be put together when the resurrection is real. Amen. If you're sitting in this room and you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, that means everything that Jesus says and everything that he stood for is true as well, whether it's about you or whether it's about your life. There are great implications. You can't just say, God, I believe that you resurrected from the dead, and then say, but I get to choose what I want to do with my life. I get to say whatever I want. Oh, you raised from the dead, but I believe that you don't love me. You can't say that, because the very reason for Jesus rising from the dead was to show that he truly was the Son of God and that we truly were forgiven and that everything he said was true about himself and about you. Amen? Maybe you've heard this uh, story before, but there was a guy named Lee Strobel, if you want to put that picture up. Lee is the one on the right. Um, really fascinating story. He was actually the chief editor for the Chicago Tribune in the 80s. Now, to have a position at a top pe- pe- like paper like that, this is before social media. This is before all technology and things. And so to be the head editor of a paper was like to be the man. You were the best at researching. You were the best at figuring things out. And so one of the things about him is that Lee was not a believer. He was an atheist. And if you don't know what an atheist is, it's someone who chooses to believe that there is no God or Jesus is not the way. And so that's where he lived. That's where he grew up in. He, was, he would make fun of Christians. He would uh, pick on them and things like that. But ultimately, he just didn't believe in it. And then something interesting happened. Um, his wife came to know Jesus. And so in a place they didn't have a very great marriage. And so she went after Jesus. She comes to accept Jesus. And Lee's like, what are you doing? You're stupid for accepting Jesus the way that he is. And she said, well, he's real. And this is how he revealed himself to me. And so Lee then decided, you know what? I'm tired of my wife messing around with the silly stuff. I am going to dedicate my time to prove that Christ is not real. Now, let me, can I ask you guys a question? The chief editor of a top paper in the U.S., an amazing researcher, goes after this. He knows how to go after this, amen? Knows how to go about it <laughs> than us who go, let's go to Google, you know? And so he begins to research, he begins to dive in, and he begins to realize all of the facts that he thought were true, all of the research that he even done, really didn't stand up. And he began to realize that Jesus was who he said he was and that there was facts to back up what it was. And then this is really interesting what he said because he said one of the most key things I did in my research is I looked at the resurrection, whether it happened and whether it was what it actually said it was in the Bible. After all of his research, he found that there was no evidence to say against it, but only all the evidence in the world to say that Jesus did live and die and rise from the dead, and there were witnesses to back it up. And from there, he actually accepted Jesus into his life. And many of, maybe you guys know something, it's called The Case for Christ. It's a book that's written about it. That's, he's the one who actually read it. And But what's interesting about his story, did you know that Lee didn't research and go, oh, Jesus is real. I'm going to go back to my newspaper and back to my old life. He did that, and he realized, knowing that the resurrection is real, I can't go back to my atheism way of thinking. I can't go back to the old way that I thought. I can't go back to my old life and my old behavior. I need to go to Jesus in this. And in the same way, I believe this morning there are some of us That maybe have been skirting around the resurrection and the power of the resurrection. And you need to accept it and all of the changes that come with it too. Amen? The resurrection was key in that you can't acknowledge that it's true without everything else. And you would be absolutely crazy to do so. The resurrection is something I I have just two points for us this morning. Really simple um, when it comes to it. The first one is this. That the resurrection is key to our future in Christ. See, when it says terms like, but Christ did raise from the dead, it says the first fruits. Can you say first fruits? First fruits. Very good, everyone. It's referring to that Jesus was the first one to rise from the dead. Jesus wasn't a ghost. (laughs) Um, Jesus was resurrected with a new body. If you read through... It says that they could actually feel his hands and they could feel the holes that were in his hands from the nails. It said that he ate with them. So he had an actual body. How many of you know that it's nice to know that you can eat after you're resurrected? Amen. I love my food and I love my heaven. So. But what it says is that Jesus was resurrected and in the same way, he was the first one to go before us. Some of you in this room think that what it means, what does it mean to go to heaven? What does it mean to have eternal life? Well, some of you might think that when you die, a ghost of you will appear in a white robe and you will play a harp for the rest of your life in the clouds and go, for whatever reason. But what Jesus says is that the kingdom of heaven, when you come into heaven and Jesus comes back and renews everything, it says you're going to be given a new eternal body that will never perish. Right now, we all have bodies as strong as we feel about them or maybe as healthy as you are will fail you and you will pass away. Your physical body will pass away, but your spirit won't. And what it says is that when you put your trust in Jesus in the same way, you will be resurrected and you will have a body that will last for all eternity while you live with Christ. This is a hope that we get to have as Christians. Sometimes I don't think that we think through eternity enough in the church. We're so concerned. How many of you are really concerned about the next couple days in your life? What's immediate? How many of you are like, you know, I'm thinking uh, three million years ahead of where i'm at right now that's really what's bugging me no we're thinking about our lives we're thinking about our present realities and we understand that but sometimes we miss the point that christianity isn't just for now but it's for our eternity as well jesus knows that we have physical bodies that are going to fail us that are going to die in this life and that they affect us and so jesus gives us the hope of a resurrection that you don't have to say goodbye to ever goodbye to people forever, but that you can say, see you later until we head into eternity. Amen? Now, I don't know about you. If you've lost someone in this world or in this life, maybe you've lost someone close to you. If you haven't, you probably will at some point. Death is a part of life. If we're all going to die at some point, that means we need to learn how to handle death. In fact, death is one of the many reasons that people come to Christ, because death is a reality that life on this planet doesn 't live forever, I remember we had a student that was a part of our junior high ministry and a part of Sunset Presbyterian. His name was Sam uh, Day, and Sam um, was battling a really aggressive form of cancer and Sam loved Jesus um, with all of his heart and it was an honor to partner with him during the last years of his life. But as he graduated eighth grade, um, his body just began to deteriorate and go south and Couple of weeks before ninth grade began at sunset, he actually passed away. And it was a really difficult season, as you guys could imagine, you know, for us as we knew him, but also for so many of his friends um, around us and families in the community. And I can remember going to his memorial service um, as we just celebrated his life, but, and it was obviously a sad time as we all miss him and we wanted him to live a full life, but at the same time, there was so much joy. Amongst us celebrating a life of a person who pursued Jesus, but even cooler at the end of the day, we could say, but he put his hope in Jesus. So we know that we're going to see him again and that this is just a temporary time where we're separated from him. See in the Bible, when it talks about death and it talks about believing in Jesus, Paul would say, just remember that you don't mourn the same way that the world mourns. See, when you don't have Jesus as the hope of your life, it's a pretty dark place because you're just saying goodbye to people and you have no idea what's going to happen. But did you know that in Jesus, that when you believe in Jesus, that you get to see them again someday? That's a hope that God gives us that there's so much more than this life that not even death could touch. Amen. Because someday... Jesus is going to come back and he's going to do away with death, which is why it says at the end of this, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. It calls death an enemy. It's like you're standing in the way of this world and you think that you can oppose my people, but when they trust in me, they don't have to be afraid of death anymore. They don't have to be afraid of losing people close to them because when you trust in Jesus... You have a hope of a greater eternity that's bigger than this life as well. See, the resurrection is key to your future because you're not living as people living for this life. Your worth isn't just meant for this life. And you're not just living to survive in this life going, well, if I die, I lose it all. No, you pass away and you're in Jesus. You gain it all in Jesus You have a hope that which every day that goes by in your life is a day closer to being with Jesus in eternity. Amen. That's a hope that God has meant us to live in. And that's why, if you remember what we talked about at camp in 1 Peter 3.16, it says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope you have. So imagine for a second, you're living amongst this world that is so scared of losing people, that doesn't know what's next for them, that is so in denial and so in fear. And then they look at this group of Christians who aren't even afraid of death. It's like... Give me a reason for the hope that you have. Well, it's because of Jesus. He was resurrected from the dead, and he's going to resurrect us in the same way. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 8 that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that when you trust in Jesus, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from that tomb is currently right now living within you? That's a hope that we can have. Amen? The second point is simply this, to build off of it. The resurrection is key to our lives right now. See, resurrection isn't just money in the bank that you're going to pick up when you pass away and go off to eternity, but you live right now. Everybody say right now. Right now, the Holy Spirit is living within you and the same spirit of resurrection is within you. And that's important to know because when it comes to God redeeming parts of your life, When it comes to God working on stuff that's within you, you cannot, everybody listen, you cannot grow closer to Jesus without the work of the resurrection within you right now. See, we've seen a lot of students, I'm going to speak on behalf of the leaders, we've seen a lot of students, and maybe this is you in this room, we've seen a lot of students who try to just kind of change their behavior When they come to church, they're like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of act the right way. I'm going to fake it till I make it. You know, I'm just going to look the part. I'm going to try to not make any mistakes. But did you know the only thing that could change a person is the love of Christ? It's not yelling at them. It's not forcing them to do something. You can make people do stuff, but that's not going to change them. The only thing that can change your heart is the resurrection power of Christ within you. Because if the resurrection is true, listen to this. If the resurrection of Jesus is true, that means everything Jesus said about forgiveness, about grace, about love, about patience, about renewal, about healing is also true in your life. Which means in your own life, when you have areas of your life or you feel broken and you can't fix your own life and you go, how in the world can I do this? That Jesus is the only one that can come in and regenerate and rework and redeem those things in your life. Amen? See, we live in a world that is trying to solve problems that are a result of sin. They're trying to solve it by laws and we understand that It's good to have law in our land and it's good to have order, but we live in a world that says that, oh, we just need laws. That's going to change people, but laws don't necessarily change the people around us. See, it's interesting because people are battling for these rules and these regulations to be put in and they think by that, that's going to change people. And then there's a tragedy that happens. And all of a sudden people are shocked because they go, why did that happen? And it's because there isn't any amount of law or behavior modification that can change the human heart that only Jesus can. Amen? I'm going to call up the worship team. You can go ahead and put your Bibles away. So we're going to respond here. See, Jesus is the resurrection and the life that's that's one of the great i ams. this week we talked about jesus being i am the light of the world and one of the things that jesus says he says i am the resurrection and i am the light and so this morning um if you're here i i just want you guys to go ahead and bow your heads right where you're at Maybe you're here this morning. Um, <laughs> come in. <laughs> just Right as we bow our heads. Let's, let's bow our heads, guys. Um, maybe you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus in your life. Maybe you're someone that um, has never experienced the resurrection power before you. And maybe you are someone that acknowledges that Jesus is true, but you've never really thought for a minute about the resurrection and what that means. That if it's true and you believe in it, then everything that Jesus says, everything that Jesus has in store for you is also true as well. And you just need to accept that. Maybe you are here this morning and you've gone to church a million times and you're just kind of going because your parents make you or you're just kind of going to just make your parents happy. But you know that Jesus died and rose again for you so that you could have life in him. And that's not just for part of the things that God says. That's for all the things that God says. So this morning, just as we pray together, you want the power of the resurrection within you. Maybe you're struggling with a sin. Or maybe you're struggling with yourself. And only the love of Jesus. Only the resurrection of Jesus can change your heart and set you free. Maybe you've been just going after behavior first in your life. Oh, I'm just trying to change my behaviors and then I'll be good. When really you just need to know that you're loved and forgiven, and resurrected by Christ. And then your behavior will change. will follow that. It's not the other way around. Jesus, we come before you this morning and we just praise you for the work of the resurrection that you've done in us. We love you so, so much.